the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast today, I continue my visit with Megan Hill as we discuss the importance of the local church. You can reach out to me and share your thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. It's theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Batt at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Hey, I'm with Michael Ross, the creator of Revelator Games. Michael, can you tell us why you developed this unique game? Sure. Let me just clarify something. So it's a small group Bible study activity with a board game element to it. I created the game because I myself personally delight in God's Word, you know, through scripture memorization. So I created this game so that we can, one, memorize scripture, but also have fun while we're doing it. Mm, The Remain game and more, you can check out Mike's products at revelatorgames.com. Support for the Plumline Radio Ministry is provided by Lori Hammer, functional nutritional therapy practitioner and neuro-nutrition expert. Lori specializes in brain balancing and hormone health. Whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, brain injury, or hormone disruption, Lori is the practitioner for you. She sees a wide variety of clients throughout the world, virtually or in person. You can find more information about Lori at LoriHammer.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E Hammer.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm excited to be joined once again by Megan Hill, the managing editor of The Gospel Coalition. Website is thegospelcoalition.org, and she has lots of pieces there on the topic that we're talking about in this two-part series here on The Plum Line. It is the local church, the importance value of it from a biblical perspective. The column we're going to discuss today or dig into actually is at the Crossway website, crossway.org. And there's a little promotion there for the book that this comes from, too, as Megan has written a book called A Place to Belong, that I'd encourage you to check out that book if you want to dive into this subject a little bit more. But welcome back to the broadcast, Megan. Nice to have you on. 
Thank you so much for having me again, Jay. Yeah, and we're going to discuss this column four ways Paul encourages us to love the church even when it's hard. As I mentioned, this is an excerpt from uh, the book here. And so I guess we should start off kind of the same way we started off the, the first edition, and that is just why it is important to attend the local church. We talked a little bit about the reality that uh, the vast majority of us, probably all of us, were forced uh, from the church for a time period, some longer than others, during the pandemic. And I would hope that everyone's very enthusiastic and happy to be back into the physical church body. But I know and understand that there are some who have just kind of stuck with the, the live stream. And so I, I feel like we're really kind of speaking to that group especially and saying, this is why it's important that you get back into the physical building with physical people that you can see and touch and uh, give a hug to and all of those things. So start us off with just a reminder again of why this is important. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right that church can be a really hard place for people, and it's not always comfortable or convenient to be there. The church, as we said in the first episode, is a place of sinners. I mean, we're saints and we're sinners, and so it can be difficult to bear with people who are sinful or who are weak, and things in the church don't always go the way that we would like them to go, and sometimes it's hard to see how the Lord is at work, it can be very discouraging in the church when people don't seem to be converted and people don't seem to be very spiritually mature and the Lord doesn't seem to be working in our communities through us. And so there are lots of reasons why we might be discouraged about the church. And But as always, we don't look for our own experiences to determine what is true or how we act, but we look to the Word of God to see what he says is true and what should be true about how we respond to the things that we experience. And one of the things that the scripture testifies to again and again is that his people belong in church. You know, if we look at the New Testament, the pattern of the New Testament is that the gospel goes out and people are converted, you know, particularly in the book of Acts, the gospel goes out, people are converted, they trust in Christ by faith, and then they join a local church and they become part of the church and they're baptized and they become part of the church. And so that is the pattern of scripture uh, that there really aren't any lone Christians, that people who belong to Christ also belong to the church. Yeah, amen. Well, in Hebrews chapter 10 is where we find some key passages that are often referred to about the importance of going to that local church. Last time I looked at Hebrews 10.25, and I'll share that again in a second here, but the full context really points to this value of the church. In Hebrews 10.19, we're told, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, and you refer to that phrase, the house of God, in your article, we'll talk about that in a second, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see 
the day drawing near, especially that paragraph. Again, the reference there from Hebrews chapter 10 just says so much. We could spend the whole broadcast easily just kind of fleshing that out here. It says so much about the importance of gathering together as members of the body of Christ. Yes, and the the Lord places a high value on it and encourages us to look ahead all the more as you see the day approaching, you know, to heaven when we will be gathered together with his people for all, all eternity. Yeah, amen. Well, and in the article, as I said, this article we're looking at four ways Paul encourages us to love the church even when it's hard. You mention uh, from Hebrews 10.21 that this is uh, the house of God that we're going to. The the church is, of course, much more than just a, a building. It is the people, the body of Christ. But those people, you know, they happen to gather in a, a physical place, in a church building, and that is where uh, a lot of things happen, a lot of important things happen. And that's why it's important that you have a local church that you attend, and not just attend either, but be active in, participate in, and do the works that God has given for you to do in and through that church. And so you spend a little bit of time talking about, well, the subtitle is A Complicated Church Story, talking about uh, Paul himself and some of the challenges and, and kind of that we think, you know, why would he even encourage the local church because of some of the experiences and things that he had? But share a little bit about maybe kind of that intro, if you want to call it, called the complicated church story. Yeah, so, of course, Paul was the writer of the majority of the New Testament and planted churches throughout the known world at the time that he lived in the first century. But as we read through his letters and we read his story in the book of Acts, we see that he really did have a lot of trouble, not just from unbelievers, but even within the church. And, you know, he started out, of course, as that persecutor of God's people and was set out to kill Christians and was responsible for the death of the church's first martyr. But then then the Lord saved him um, on the road and on his way to persecute the church. Christ appeared to him and then he was saved. But then as he joined the church and became part of the church, then in many ways he was mistreated in the church. And of course you had the false teachers in the church who were spreading lies about him. You had people in the church who intentionally misunderstood the things that he was saying. You know, he had disagreements with other Christians. There's that passage where he and Barnabas disagree about whether to bring John Mark on their missionary trip and they end up parting ways. And then, you know, toward the end of Paul's life, he's imprisoned because of his work on behalf of the church, because of his faithfulness to Christ. He's thrown in a Roman prison. And even there, the church does not care for him like you would think that they should. And in the end of Second Timothy, his last letter, he talks about how he had a, an appointment at the Roman court. And he says, no one stood by me, all deserted me. And so he had to appear before a Roman magistrate and None of the Christians in the church came to support him or to stand with him. And so I think that we can take some encouragement from that, that when we then also read Paul encouraging us to find good in the church and to commit to the church and to speak truth about the church, that it's not coming from someone who's a Pollyanna. It's coming from somebody who sort of experienced hurt and mistreatment and sorrow and disappointment in the church and nevertheless believes that what the Bible says about the church is true. 
Mm, yeah, and that really is a very important point because, as you've said uh, a couple of times over the course of these two broadcasts here, there are a lot of people, maybe some who are tuning in right now, who have experienced a great deal of hurt and disappointment from relationships within the church, maybe from the leadership or the pastor, or you know, disappointment over a variety of things. And so many times, I know you've heard the stories too, they leave the church and they never come back. And that is terribly sad situation. That's something that we don't really want to have happen to anyone. Right. And of course, there may be a situation in which your particular local church is failing and is not a true church and is not teaching God's word and is not addressing sin. And there may be situations in which you would need to leave a particular church and find a church that is biblically ordered. But leaving the church entirely is not something that the Lord would have us do. Yeah, yeah, that is a very good and important point, because as I said, kind of at the end of the first show, it is very important that you are in a church that is grounded in the authority and inerrancy of the Word of God and and speaks that, preaches that, and that kind of leads into one of these ways that Paul encourages us to love the church. Uh, You call this speak truth, and by that we're really talking about the the truth that these are God's people, these are brothers and sisters uh, within that body, and we need to uh, love and honor them, right? Yeah, and so much of how we view people is often shaped by the way we speak about them, right? If you are constantly using demeaning words for your spouse, well, that's not going to help you to love your spouse more if you're always thinking of them and speaking of them in poor terms or your children, if you're always speaking poorly about them, then that's not going to help you to love them. And it seems like that's What happens in Paul's letters is that he very intentionally speaks true and good words about the church. And so, you know, for example, he writes the church at Corinth. And if you know anything about uh, the New Testament churches, you know that the church at Corinth was a mess. You know, they had people who were coming to the Lord's Supper who were getting drunk. They had people who were um, in incestuous relationships. They had people who were arguing and bickering with one another. I mean, this church was very immature and was a mess. And yet, Paul repeatedly refers to the Corinthians as saints, as the holy ones. And we want to say, wait a second, Paul, you've got it wrong. The Corinthians were no way holy. They had major issues, major sin issues, and yet Paul is saying, ah, but the Lord has made them holy uh, by his death and resurrection, by his blood, by the outpouring of the Spirit. He's made them holy, and so Paul is saying what's true about them, even when their behavior is not what we would desire. Yeah, exactly. Well, we want to continue our discussion here about four ways Paul encourages us to love the church, even when it's hard. My guest is Megan Hill, managing editor of the Gospel Coalition. And this article you can find at crossway.org. Encourage you to check that out as we continue working through it here on the plumb line. If you missed the first half of this show, As we go to the break here, or maybe you missed the first edition of this two-part series, you can find that at places where you go for podcasts. After the show airs on the radio, it's posted then in podcast form at Spotify, for example. Just go there, put in The Plumb Line with Jay Rudolph, and you'll find this edition and many, many others as well. There have been lots and lots of topics we have discussed from a biblical worldview on The Plumb Line. So check those out. Let me know what you think about them by emailing The Plumb Line Radio at gmail.com 
The Plum Line is a listener-supported radio ministry, so I'd love to have you reach out and share a gift of support. So that email is theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plum Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. Thanks for joining me for today's edition of The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Megan Hill, Managing Editor of The Gospel Coalition. TheGospelCoalition.org is the website for that ministry that she is the managing editor for. The column that we're looking at here is found at Crossway.org. We're talking about the local church on the broadcast today. This article is entitled, Four Ways Paul Encourages Us to Love the Church Even When It's Hard. It's an excerpt from an excellent book called A Place to Belong by my guest Megan Hill. And Megan, I want to share number two here. We've talked about this one a bit already, so I'm going to just share a statement you make for the second of these four, and then we'll move into number three. The second is to show up, and that basically is just like it sounds. That means you need to be there. You actually need to show up for church. And you say here, no matter how often Paul wrote to the churches or prayed for them, he also wanted to be with them. And there are numerous times in the Scriptures that we see Paul making that statement, how deeply he desired to be with them. And so that's the point of showing up. So we'll move on to number three here in the interest of time. And that one is simply called invest. And that's kind of what I said earlier in the broadcast, that it's more than just, you know, showing up and being there or attending church. You also have to invest yourself in it, right? Yes. And I think that's what we see from the Apostle Paul. He talks about how he worked tirelessly on behalf of the churches. He says, you know, night and day he was in prayer for them. And we don't think of prayer as investing in the church, but when we pray for the needs of God's people, when we pray for the pastors and elders and those who are in leadership in the church, when we pray for the gospel to go out through our church and for people to come to faith in Christ, those are things that are investing in the good of the church and we're interceding for it before God's throne. And then, of course, we invest in the church when we use our gifts that God has given us In Corinthians, we have that description of the church as a body where each person has particular gifts and they use them for the good of the whole. And it's good for us to remember that the gifts that the Lord has given us 
are not really for ourselves, but they're for expression in the church, in the body. You know, just as the tongue doesn't have the ability to taste for the tongue's sake, the tongue has the ability to taste for the good of the whole body, that the whole body could enjoy this food. So it is with us and the gifts that the Lord has given us as we have gifts of encouragement, as we have gifts of teaching and exhortation, as we have gifts of discernment or whatever the gifts are that the Lord has given us, those are gifts that are meant to be used in the body. And it's in that way, we're sort of most fully ourselves when we're in the body of Christ, when we're in the church, using our gifts to the extent that they were meant to be used. Yeah, yeah. Two aspects I want to dive into a little bit deeper on that. One is that everyone has different spiritual gifts, and I love the, you know, the body parts analogy that you referred to there in the scriptures, because it reminds us that these gifts, you know, we, we don't want to overvalue or undervalue any of them. They each have their own significance and importance. And I think a lot of times when we get to, into trouble in the churches, when maybe we prioritize one person's gift over another, or we're envious of one person's gift and think that we don't, you know, have anything to, to serve or to do or whatever, and that's a lot of times where trouble stirs up within the body. Yeah, and you know, in First Corinthians, in that passage about the body, Paul says that the weaker parts are indispensable, and so that the body is not complete without all the parts, and that I can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, you know, that each part has to work together, just as we know in our own bodies, if one part is hurt or not working as it should be, uh, or injured or sick, um, we feel it in the whole body. And so even if it's a very small part, even if you get the tiniest little splinter, it can throw off your whole day in a way. So it's good for us to remember that too in the body, that every member is essential to the functioning of the whole. Yeah, and that leads to the second thing I wanted to flesh out, and that is that, you know, every member also needs to invest in and be engaged. So many times I see just a handful of people that are relied upon to do everything, and a lot of times it's because, you know, they, they enjoy it and they want to do it, and so you just keep asking them for more and more, and they're always saying yes, and so it's like, oh, this is great, we can always count on them, but that leaves out others, and in some cases the others have just not been asked. Other times they've been asked and they have not lived up to what they should do. So I guess the point being is we all need to invest, not just a few certain chosen people, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a privilege that the Lord would have us to come and use our gifts for His glory. And so it's, it's hard work, but it's also, yeah, it's also a privilege. Yeah, exactly. And just keep that uh, always at the forefront of your mind. No matter your age or your skill level or your abilities, there's always something you can do for the Lord. Maybe that just means all you can do is uh, if you're locked in at your home, you can still make phone calls to people or write letters or whatever. There's always something uh, that we can do within the body of Christ. The fourth one of these ways that Paul encourages us to love the church, even when it's hard, is to give thanks, huh? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if if you've ever had an experience where, you know, you feel really sort of grumbly about something. I certainly have. And one of sort of the best ways to stop feeling grumbly about something is to look for ways, even in that situation, to give thanks to the Lord and to look for the good that He is doing. And just even in verbalizing or in intentionally thinking about those, those reasons for thanks, it often will change our attitude toward the thing that we're feeling so grumbly about. And I think we see throughout Paul's letters that he's very intentional to give thanks 
He gives thanks for the churches. He tells them that he's giving thanks for them. And, you know, these are, again, as we said earlier, these are churches that were not without problems. And yet, Paul is clearly looking for whatever good thing the Lord might be doing so that he can have an opportunity to give thanks. So we too, in our churches, you know, when one thing seems to not be going so well, but we can look for other ways that the Lord is working, that he's calling people to faith in himself and to repentance and the way that he's providing for our needs and the way that he's giving us friendships or he's feeding us by his word or he's answering the prayers of his people. And those are things that we can give thanks for even when it's hard. Yeah, well, we have a moment left here. I'm actually going to read a couple of lines from your column. Again, this is an excerpt from A Place to Belong, your book on this subject that we're talking about, the importance of the local church from a biblical perspective. And then I'll let you just kind of close out by maybe sharing a thought about uh, these lines that you yourself wrote here. You wrote, In the unassuming assembly of our local churches, Christ manifests his glory. And that's what our lives are to be about, manifesting the glory of God. Brothers and sisters, you say, come delight in the church. I know it doesn't look like much from the curb, and I freely admit that it is still being perfected. I would add, just like we individuals are being perfected, but the Lord himself tells us it's beautiful inside. So sum up for us what you're saying there and and what you'd like to leave the listener with. Yeah, I would just encourage you that as you're reading the Bible, which I hope that you're doing regularly in private and it's being read out in your church, just to notice what the Lord says about the church. And you'll find that he again and again testifies to its value and also its beauty and to the, the fact that he loves it so much that he gave Christ to die for it. And so that can encourage us when even our lived experience of the church is disappointing or is discouraging to know that the Lord himself values the church and to allow his word to transform our experiences. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for being with me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jay. Megan Hill again, managing editor of the Gospel Coalition, author of A Place to Belong, as we've been discussing the importance and value of the local church from a biblical perspective here on The Plumb Line. And we do this every day on The Plumb Line, share about a topic or issue from a biblical worldview, and we also relate the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to hear from you, what you think about the show, any thoughts, comments, questions. Maybe you want to share some support. As I mentioned, this is a listener-supported radio ministry. You can do that when you reach out to me via email, and I'll direct you how you can share support. The email address is theplumblineradio.com at gmail.com plum is p-l-u-m-b the plumb line radio at gmail.com we'll see you next time on the plumb line the plumb line has been sponsored by reasons for hope check them out at r4h.com three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.